Assalamu alaikum. Wa alaikum salam. Can you hear me? Yes. Okay. I'm your host, Nisa. You're listening to the Muslim Sister Circle radio talk show. I have my guest, Kola, my favorite. Well, I, can, I don't know if Aww. I can say that in public. I don't yes, know if I can, can. say that. <laughs> <laughs> Let them know, Sister Lisa. Students might feel away. But um, mm-hmm. I've always had my favorites. I, I've had a little bit of here, a little bit of there, this class, that yeah. class. They know who they are. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> okay. So um, today we're going to be talking about growing up Muslim and the struggles that you have growing up Muslim and covering and any other struggles that you might have had or pressures from just being born Muslim and growing up in a Muslim household and any expectations that your parents may have had on you that you feel like you haven't been able to follow through on. Yes. So I know about um, our community and the reason why I want to have this conversation is because I feel like our community is struggling. Mm Mm-hmm. So I love this subject that you even brought it up because I feel like a lot of times the conversation is around something that makes that in general, people think of it more with like reverts, how hard it is for reverts to practice and to do all these things. because it makes sense. This is something new to them. A lot of times their family might not be on board, not support it, or just they they don't practice. So it's very difficult. So a lot of times it's like, oh, but you're born Muslim. Like you shouldn't have these struggles, but it is, it's, it's not the same. We're not going to compare say which one is more, but it's like a different kind of struggle. So I love that you even like chose this as a, as a topic for your, for your show. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. I think it's so important because, you know, we want to gain some perspective also because a lot of my friends, we talk about this and their children have said to them that, you know, you weren't born Muslim, so you don't know how yeah. it feels. You don't know the struggle. Mm-hmm. You chose Islam. We didn't choose it for ourselves, but not that we don't love Islam. Yeah. That we're having a hard time with some of the things that we have to do as far as covering every day. And I bet that's even like a more interesting experience. Like mm-hmm. having parents, like you said, that chose Islam but now this new generation, they were born into being Muslim. Mm-hmm. And so, wow, that dynamic is like also really interesting. Yeah. Cool yeah. So you being born Muslim from a Yemeni family, a Yemeni community, is yeah. there any pressures that you might have felt growing up to wear like a bias? Even a bias is a big thing in our community. A bias, yeah. hijab, you know. So I remember growing up when I was a little bit younger, when I, my sister said, I used to hate dressing you up because my mom would be like, oh, dress up your sister in elementary school. And mm-hmm. I had this same skirt and shirt and hijab that I would wear like four out of the five days of the week. And my right. sister hated me because she'd wake me up and choose an outfit for me. And I'd be like, no, I want to choose this one. Cause in my head, like that was a cute outfit. So I did struggle with like trying and wanting to be cute. Cause uh-huh. at, in, in elementary school, I went to a public school. And so, yeah, like now looking back at it, I'm like, it's probably because I didn't feel good in what I was wearing. And I remember I used to beg my mom to give me those like long shirts, like those tunics, because my mom's always like tried to dress us modestly, even like when we were young. So like those tunics with like, when I got my first pair of jeans, I felt like I was, you know, like, don't touch me, you know, like I wanted (laughs) to wear them all the time. 
Uh-huh. I guess now looking back at it, because it looked like what the non-Muslims were wearing, you know, or like it looked Western, like jeans were. So yeah, so I can remember from like elementary school not being comfortable in what I was wearing. And even like younger, like I think just first grade, my hair would not be brushed because I was wearing hijab and I wanted to wear the hijab. I remember my mom was like, oh, you wanted to wear hijab to like look like your sister and I. So not that I was forced to wear it at a young age, but I think at one point, I would go to school and like take off my hijab to feel like I belonged right. and my hair looked like a, like a, like a mess. Cause they weren't, you know, <laughs> so from a super young age, I think I realized I was super different, especially in Kanarsi back then. I, me and this other Palestinian girl were the only Muslim girls and she uh-huh. didn't cover. She wasn't a, she didn't wear hijab. So I was literally sister Nisa, the only with Sarah, but then you know, it was my Sarah, but I was the only one that was like a hijabi. So right. it got easier in middle school and because I went to Islamia and Medina because we all look the same. But right. even even now as an adult, I kind of like struggle. Like I wear abayas, but I want them to be like cute abayas and like fun prints and, you know, which right. is like straying away okay. from, yeah. yeah, which is like my mom kind of gets upset because it's like straying away from the strict Islamic dress you know my mom she's like a naqabi right a lot of colors so if I so do they prefer they prefer like the black and blue and brown yeah I still get talked about it on my mom yesterday actually I went to the gym and I was wearing like the gym shirt and sweater and then like a skirt it was covered it wasn't showing anything but she was like it's it's just not the same you need to start wearing abayas like this is not this is how it starts you know Right, right. So I remember when you were in uh, Islamia, when you were in like seventh grade, not in my class, in sixth grade, you were still wearing a bias. But like when you got to like seventh, eighth grade, yeah. you told you try to come out the house with the skirt. Yeah. <laughs> and your father was like, I will drive this car yeah. until you go back upstairs and put on yeah, the fire. I know. Like, and I thought I was pretty modest. You know, like I was trying to uh-huh. test the waters a little bit, but still right. not, not go out with like, jeans and like a t-shirt but yeah even or like the hijab at one point I wanted to wear my hijab I don't know if you remember back in the day it was this hijab where you tie it to the back so your like mm-hmm. neck is showing yes sister you said I'm not even gonna recall what happened but I had everyone are you crazy your neck was, you know so I think and then it was kind of like they didn't explain to me like like if they probably like sat me down and be like you know what these are the conditions of hijab and this is how even though I was too young to understand it probably at that age but at Mm -hmm. least like letting me know instead of saying oh no we don't do that or we don't wear that or that's not real hijab you know right yes I think yeah just just like break it it kind of was like I don't know if you guys know but I'm like sheikh's daughter right so it's kind of like oh no you to be your bit of sheikh you're the sheikh's daughter you can't Mm -hmm. go out out like this and that has to be a lot of pressure oh be imam's daughter you it's know, something that I'm so proud of now, but yeah, it, it's something I'm but so proud then, of. Like my dad, yeah. back then I hate, I feel like it was a curse word. Oh my God, right. stop calling me that. Like, that's not who I am. I'm more than, you know, like. Daughter. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So I think that had a lot to do with it. My parents being, you know, Yemenis tend to be the more strict Arabs. We all know it. Right. Right. And then like that religious aspect too. But like you said, growing up Muslim, it's like they know what the what the conditions of, of hijab is, but it's just like they assume that you just that you just are supposed to know or they don't understand that even though we are born Muslim, this is I'm like first generation. I wasn't even born here, but technically like I would say like first generation American. 
Uh-huh. So, like, you know what I'm trying to say, right? It's so as if you're it, teaching it, me a stem all over again because I'm seeing right, right. Very because I was just talking that. to ML, and ML was mm-hmm. saying that you know the influence of the world is just so much now yeah. that girls are really struggling. Yeah, because of everything that they're seeing out in the world, you know, it's just it's just a struggle in every community, the Yemeni community, mm-hmm. the Black community, you know, every community because you see things on TV now that you haven't seen before. You go outside and you see things that you haven't seen before. Yeah, and it's hard because you want to compete. You know, you want to feel like you fit in, like you said, you want to feel like you fit in. Especially when you're super young, right? Like when you're older, you kind of start to build your identity and know who you are more. And kind of find your own journey with Islam. I feel like, you know, if, you know, inshallah, everyone who gets older and becomes an adult, like, tries to look at their relationship with Allah and, like, their spiritual relationship for themselves. I feel like that's what really makes you steadfast, if that's what you're looking for, and, like, ask Allah for guidance and stuff. But at that age, yeah, and I don't know what the term is in psychology. I think, like, switch coding. I don't know what the word But when you're, like, a person outside and then you come home and now you're, like, this Muslim Yemeni. But then when you're outside mm-hmm. of that, you know, realm, you're just like this 10-year-old or 12-year-old Yemeni, like American Yemeni. You know, American like you Yemeni, yeah, yeah. Yeah, or like American Muslim or American this. So right, definitely right. less, it's confusing. It's confusing. And I and now I look at my, I feel so bad because, yeah, it's just a lot. Yeah, but I think it's very important, that, like you said, to break down the conditions of hijab. And you're yeah. right. I don't think parents do that. Why Never. you would- What's the beauty in hijab? Why Allah says that we should wear hijab? And that is a very important point. And I don't know and if you agree with me, but now I feel like... Mm-hmm, sorry. No, go ahead. No, but now I feel like it's kind of... Hijab is beautified, but to uh-huh. not in our in our favor. It's like fashion. Mm, wearing a bandana yes. over your boobs and, you know, like high-rise jeans. So, like... It's good that hijab is beautified now, but it's like going right. the other direction of it becoming like Zena now, you know? Right. Yeah, right. like it's becoming beautification. It's like, oh, now it defeats the purpose of hijab again. But I think we were like felt so bad about wearing hijab or we weren't confident. Now, like, okay, let's hype it up. But it's going, it's going in a weird direction of becoming Yeah, fashion. that is true. That is yeah. true. That is true. Because now you see different um, Muslim models yeah. wearing hijab. And even in Fashion Week, mm-hmm. people who aren't Muslim making Muslim garb now. Mm-hmm. And, and it's, because it's beauty. What the word is, but like it being out there is good. There's a word for it. But then when does it go the wrong way? You know, like when does it mm-hmm. like we want exposure and we want this, but Again, we have to go back to like, oh, what are the conditions of hijab? Are we wearing hijab for fashion right. now? Is it because, right. Right. no, so it's still What did the law same... say? What did his messenger say? You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So what do you think, you have a daughter. What yeah. do you think we can do to help the youth and girls, like, you know, like your daughter who are going to grow up in this society because you guys live in America. What do you think yeah. we can do to make changes and to help this struggle? That makes you wonder because I always think about Layla. I'm like, oh, when it comes to the age of like, it always scares me. Like, I just wish that she naturally is like, yeah, I want to wear hijab. I love wearing hijab, you know. Uh-huh. But yeah, um, like like we mentioned, like I think like telling them why the hijab, like what is the hijab, why the conditions of hijab, 
the 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 benefits of wearing hijab, the hikmah, you know, like the wisdom of wearing hijab. And just like education and just kind of making them fall in love with it, like not pressuring them. But then it's also kind of tricky because it's like, you know, like if you just let them, if I say, oh, I'm just going to let her, I'm going to wait until like, you know, give her the knowledge and stuff, but wait until she decides to wear on her own. That's like tricky grounds too. Because what if she's like, so like at what age? Yeah. I always think about like I always think about like the year her period when she's uh-huh. right before she's getting her menses, but then still practicing it a little bit before and making right. it fun. Like I know a lot of people, like my sister did it and her sister in law like hijab parties, which is uh-huh. really cute. Or like yeah, like when they're about to wear their hijab, they'll throw them like a whole party and like celebration, which is so That's cute. Uh-huh. I know it's so cute, and they invite their friends and they get presents. Like uh-huh. my sister bought her, you know, her sister in law's daughter like a hijab box with like hijabs mm-hmm. I think just a way to like celebrate it and like a rite of passage you know <laughs> like a right yeah right. yeah like this it's is something, something that you get of. to mm-hmm. yeah like something you get to participate in not you have to participate in you know mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah I feel like the way you explain it and like expose it to them is like a big difference right right yeah, that's a that's a really cute idea. Huh. Yeah, I'm doing some hijab parties. Yeah, it's a new thing. <laughs> it's like literally like last year, Marukaya, when my niece just started wearing them, and it was huh. it was sweet. Yeah, so how, do, how do is it the same thing? Like with you know the Arab community, is it the same thing with like the African American community in terms of wearing hijab? I don't know of any um, parties that they throw. It's just that they start introducing it yeah. when the children are, are small. And some parents don't even allow them to take it off at any time, which I think is very um, stressful for the child, you know, because sometimes it's hot and they're little. They don't know that, you know, this is something that they should be doing and they don't even allow the children to take it off even outside when they're just like five, six, seven, you know? Yeah, that's so So, interesting. So very, very early. But some parents do and take it off. Yeah. What were you going to say? Sorry, I'm cutting off. So I want to ask you this, right? Because you're uh-huh. uh, like a reaver and you know a lot of people. When I was growing up, I remember the conversation always being around, yeah, reverts are just so much better Muslims than us, right? Uh-huh. Like, oh, they right. know, they know the, like, the, the beauty of Islam because they didn't, this didn't happen to them. Like, you know, Allah chose them and they chose, you know, Islam and this and that. How do you guys feel about like Muslim people who are like born? Like, what do you like? What's the, what is the, like, how do you guys view Muslims who are born Muslims and probably? Your phone going in and out. What did you say? View? I'm so sorry. Okay. So I was like, how are you? We used to always view reverts as like so much more dedicated and so much more religious and, you know, like kind of in awe of them. Because they chose Islam, right? How do, how does the, the the revert community view Muslims who are born Muslim, and maybe like from the outside, because no one knows except Allah what's in the inside, and you know like their relationship. Right. But how do how do they view Muslims who are probably like, oh, these Muslims are Arabs who are born into Islam. They don't know what they're doing. Like that's how I always thought they viewed us sometimes. I don't know. That's well, that <laughs> we view it like that, but you know we do have a lot of. Um, 
talks about how I guess people who were born Muslims, Arabs, Africans, mm-hmm. Pakistanis, how they view us. And oh. we're not treated in a way as if we know Islam. Or really? maybe, maybe they're in such awe of how we cover and how we practice. It seems almost like offensive to them. Mm. It's Islam, they Okay, um, okay. Cover if you cover more than they do, you're like strict like, and you're crazy. Uh, yeah, right, right. Yeah. You know, even when I was working, I'm just a Samia. When I started to wear niqab, the Arab sisters there was like, "Oh, why are you doing that? You don't have to do that. You know that's that's you don't that's not obligatory. You know, it was almost wow. like people for me to wear niqab. You know, why you got that long hijab on? You know, why you dress like that? No way." With having well, insecurity. Like, you know how right, they say it's so not they, you, it's right. them? They probably feel insecure. Right, right, yeah. right. And it's almost like they can't understand why we come into Islam wanting to go so hard when yeah. they've known Islam all their lives and they don't even go so hard. Interesting. You know? so that's the conversations we have. We don't have any views on them Mm-hmm. In like a, a, a downgrading way or a disrespectful way or oh those people they don't know what they're doing but sometimes we do talk about how some people treat Islam as a culture and not a oh, way yeah. of you 100%. know so I... we definitely have those conversations about that and just how they, they treat us you know and, and talk yeah. to us and, and, or don't give salams you know and it's it's very disrespectful to me because I feel like we're Muslim we're all Muslim yeah. Whether you were born Muslim or not, we all chose basically Islam. Because even if you were born Muslim, like you said, you still have to choose to practice. You still have to yeah. choose to, to pray yeah. and to stay in Islam, you know? Mm-hmm. I don't know if you're just covering just to cover yeah. and you're not praying or you're not practicing. You know, I don't know those things. But if we're all Muslim and we say we believe in Allah and his messenger, then we should treat each other like that. But we don't... Get that, get that type of treatment, you know. But I'm I don't so know any of my friends. Yeah, I don't know any of my friends who feels anything toward people who were born Muslim because we just look at them as oh, alhamdulillah. Muslim. <laughs> yeah. No, but that's how I always view revert. Like it's kind of like my family. Like we, we are just always in. Like you said, like you you chose it. Like kind of in awe. And I'm sorry that you know if I ever did anything to make anyone like any revert feel that way or. Sorry, behalf of all the other people, but like I said, I really think it's their own insecurities kind of showing uh-huh. out. Right, like, I think so. You, we can't, you kind of, t- we take. I think Muslims who are born Muslims, and this is like such a topic that I think everyone talks about, or like a theme that we kind of don't know what we have because we feel like we were just born into it, and some people feel like they were forced into it. So you kind of don't right. know the na'mah that you that you have being born Muslim. Uh huh. And so you see someone else like, oh, like, you know, especially people who are struggling with their faith, if they're young and they're really struggling with their faith, that's like, you chose this? Like, you chose to be covered head to toe, you know? You chose to, like... Right, yeah. right. Yeah. Yeah. Me and my um, best friend was talking about how, you know, hijab is not a choice. But after having this conversation with you and making the statement that I just made, I feel like we all choose to practice 
and to cover to some extent, you know, whether you're born Muslim or you're not, because you can become Muslim. And of course, you're going to love a law. You're not saying that you don't love a law because you decided to take off your hijab yeah. or you decided to take off your, your abaya. You're not saying that you don't love a law. Yeah. But you're saying that at this time, I just don't choose to do that, you know? Yeah. And I'm saying at this time, I do choose to do it because I remember being maybe like 18, 19 years old, maybe even 20, maybe even 20, but I don't even think I was 20. I think somewhere between 18 and 19. And I felt like I'm not going to wear hijab anymore. I'm tired of this. I, I'm, you know, yeah. I, think I was even struggling with praying even between the ages of 19, 20. I think I was struggling. But I have been Muslim since 16. So I felt like, you know, I missed out on a lot. <laughs> you know, my oh, friends were yeah. doing this, was doing this. And I wasn't doing that stuff. Yeah, yeah. Um, one day I was like, you know what? I did my hair. I was like, I'm about to go out. <laughs> I don't know where I was going, but I was going outside. Wow. I like, going to the deli or not, something. Yeah. yeah, I'm not going to wear hijab today. Yeah. I'm going to do my hair and I'm going to go outside. So I got dressed and I walked to the door, opened the door. As soon as the door opened and that air hit my face and my head, I was like, ah! <laughs> that was Allah telling you no Nisan go back inside I was so afraid to walk out the door without hijab on I turned around and closed the door and I was like I started crying I was like oh my god I'm so sorry I'm so sorry it was like whatever you doing Nisan you better do it behind closed doors because yeah open the yeah. window or something let the, yeah. let the wind blow your hair right right yeah like oh my god what is wrong with me what is wrong with me you know Aww. but what yeah, do you think where do you think the struggle so but look I, you see this is so interesting that you say that because i think you said you were struggling with prayer so you're obviously struggling mm-hmm. internally with right. like your relationship with allah and this and that right and and then it was coming out externally through the hijab because that's how that's how you know we're muslim like no one knows how many prayers we're uh-huh. doing you know no one knows how right. many prayers we're missing or how many, how much dua we're making. It's like, that's our Muslim marker as women, especially. Right, you know? especially. Uh-huh. So, yes, yeah, subhanAllah, like, when people take off their hijab, I think, wow, I'm getting goosebumps, because I, I we know a couple of people who have taken their hijab, and we just automatically, like, oh, they just want to be, like, into fashion, or they want to show their hair, or they want to show their, their beauty. But, uh-huh. like, just you telling me the story makes me realize that they've been struggling probably internally for so long. Right. That this was just like their final step of kind of like, you know? Right. Yeah. Like deep. It's it's definitely an internal struggle. Yeah. And And the answer to that, I just feel like you just got to turn back to Allah. You got to pray, make dua from the evil eye, make dua, you know, from this dunya, from the shaitans. Yeah. You you just got to make dua and just pray that Allah helps you internally. You know, I, I and I, I think prayer is the answer, you know. For sure. You can't and abandon like, your prayer. And and we and we can't abandon teaching our kids about Islam as if like I feel like we should treat children as like reverts. Like I know that they're right. you know, we're all born right. Muslim until we like don't right. follow the path. But like they don't come out of your room with like the you know, the Muslim doctrine inside of them and they just like know what to do. Like the uh-huh. whole like the prophet, sorry salam you know, teach your kids about prayer starting seven, but even earlier than that, like just letting them watch you pray all the time. Or Uh so yeah, just don't assume that just because, especially, you know, for all the parents and adults that 
who are not really leading by example in the best way, don't come and look at your kids all crazy when they're not following Islam the way they're supposed to be following it. You know, so right. I just think that we should treat little Muslims like, I don't know if this is wrong, but like little baby reverts and kind of just like teaching them Islam from a very young age. Like, 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 like the smallest things, like the manners of uh-huh. eating, the manners of using the bathroom, the manners of, you know? Right. Akhlaq yeah. and all of yeah. that. Yeah. So that's what I think the biggest struggle of being more Muslim is just... Ex- Even though you teach your children Islam, like, I mean, Quran... Even though you teach mm-hmm. your children Quran, I think it's important for them to know the words. Yeah. You know, because a lot of children, they, they become Hafiz. They yeah. learn Quran. English. They don't know what it means. What You know, they need and feel it. Yes. You know, so that, that's important. So we teach them Quran, but we got to teach them the meaning behind what they're reading and what they're memorizing. Yes, 100%. We shouldn't just assume. Yeah, I always have a problem. Like, I, I love the idea of teaching your kid, child, child Quran. But like you said, like, we just started that in Arabi school at the end of Arabi school before the pandemic of, like, literally going back to the, you know, the shortest surahs and kind of saying, what does Qulhuallahu Ahad mean? You know, like this, this surah that you've been reading since you were three years old or four years old. Like, what does it mean? And just like with that, with everything in right. general, when it comes to her, like, parents just shouldn't assume that their kids are going to be Muslim just because they raised them Muslim, whatever like raised them Muslim means, you know, to them. Um, but yeah, this is such an odd, this is like really like such an important topic. I, I'm going to start discussing with like other people that are born Muslim. So I see my nieces now and I feel like just all these young people are struggling with trying to, like you said, feed in because you know, we live in a non-Muslim community, like a non-Muslim country and like media and all this. And it's so cliche because we're always saying it, but it's it's so true. Like the things mm-hmm. they're being mm-hmm. exposed to is literally, like it's a lot of times yeah. not. And they're on their phones and they're on this all day long. And so. Right. And that's what ML, ML was making a point of the phone. She was like, Sasanisa, it's the phone. Yeah. You know, even children, I don't watch TV, who don't go outside that often, are on their phones and they're exposed to so much. Yeah. And, and I'm like, yeah, this generation is all technology. And it's it's so unfortunate, Wallah, because, and like, you know, I love how you do all these events and programs because you're kind of taking, you're bringing out the Muslim culture, the Muslim outside of the home. Because right. we're just so used to either it being in the masjid or it being in your house, you know? And everything else mm-hmm. is not, like, whatever. It's just, like, life. It's just the, the, the other side. So when we have right. all these events with, like, Muslim, like, the, the skate. I don't know how to skate. But, like, all these little <laughs> events that you had. I think, you, like, when, when I was going to school, you did, like, a swimming thing in the YMCA. Like, it's, it's right. important yeah. that we have all these events outside to, like, take out your Muslimness. Like, it's okay to be firstly Muslim outside and be with the whole right. group of Muslims. Yeah. Yes, doing yes. your Muslimness, you know, like yeah. existing and in we're reminders world. for each other, you know, that's the thing. We're reminders for one another and we have to be around each other. That's yes. just the point. They say the Muslim is better than the best kafir. Wow. You know, because oh, wow. yeah. Muslim is gonna remind you of Yeah. Gonna remind you of Allah. Yeah. You know, so you might know 
some some really really good kufar people, but they're not gonna remind you to pray. They're yeah. not gonna remind you is you know. So yeah, we have to that's too interesting because yeah because a lot of times like if we see like a really nice you know person in the store or like a doctor's office and we'll mm-hmm. say like i think of, i don't know if to answer but we'll say like, wow this person is so nice like, they're even like better than some muslim you know and so that's really interesting mm-hmm. i feel like we're so hard on ourselves as a muslim community like that is that a hadith that you just said like the best the worst muslim is better than but the best but when i was i learned it when i was growing up so mm-hmm. i would have to go back and see if it was from a hadith or was okay. it a lecture or something I was listening to? Because, you know, girls been like 26 mm-hmm. years. I, I don't learn so many <laughs> things. I, I, I don't know where to refer it back to. But yeah, I have but to definitely look it up. We're just like so hard on each other. Like we're just mm-hmm. so hard on each other as a Muslim community. And everyone is like right. pointing fingers or like, oh, thank God we're not like that. Like we might be a little bit messed up, but we're not like that. Or like mm-hmm. we might have a little bit issues, but we don't have that issue. And subhanAllah, you don't know. I feel like. You don't Allah know. has a way to like humble people real quick. Yeah. Like don't be yes, I could yes. never, I would never, we would never. Like it's it's just like making dua and just asking for guidance because honestly it's it's not fully in our hands. Like we can be the best of the best and you never right. know. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. We just have to try harder and make dua for one another. Yeah. that's been the best thing I've learned I feel like after yeah after like my brother passed because I was always going through like this journey of like feeling really spiritual one day or one week and then Mm -hmm. be like okay I'm burnt out you know and it was Mm -hmm. just like I feel like asking Allah for guidance and I don't know if Mm -hmm. it worked but I've been on my like longest spiritual high alhamdulillah knock on wood right not knock on wood but you know alhamdulillah I feel like I've been consistently like like my iman not that it's like super high or anything but i i feel good you know i feel good right, with good. my relationship yeah. with islam yeah alhamdulillah and i yeah. really everyone's iman goes up and down so no one's perfect everyone's iman goes up and down so if your iman is low at one point don't think that you're a bad muslim or yeah. that you're going to hell but yeah. you know just take the time to get back to where you were yeah, you know, everybody just, struggles. Everyone goes up and down. You just have to reevaluate, reevaluate who you're around, reevaluate what you're doing. Yeah, you know, what you're watching, what you're listening to. So, these are the things that we, and for myself first, have to start to take account of. Yes, you know? and like back to the main topic of like you know like be- being born Muslims and the struggle. I just think that. Mm-hmm as adults now and like we just should should teach islam like really simple just teach it because right. we don't do that right. honestly like right right we, we don't sit and have conversations about what islam teaches you just know what to do because you know what to do because you, your parents do it you know right yes yes that's a good point mm. so that's for yeah. all my and one thing i can say though about reverts when it comes to their children they go hard and they go hard with their children. So they do teach their children about Islam. Yeah. So I don't know. It's not it's not the same because you guys grow up Muslim and like you say, you watch what your parents do. So therefore, you know, like, okay, this is what I have to do. But I want to say for revert to raise their children in Islam, mm-hmm. it's a constant teaching thing. Yeah. You know, and sometimes I just, I don't know. It, I don't know. Sometimes it could be too harsh. Sometimes it could be too sore. Yeah. 
and they still don't practice. So yeah, I, I really don't even know what what, what the issue me. is, right? Yeah. Like where where's yeah. the disconnect? Right. Yes. I just because I'm saying. Oh, so that's why I want to have this now, conversation. Like, yeah. Yeah. So, have you ever had a conversation with like a first like not like a like a like a, a person who like their parents were reverts and they were born into islam well we're gonna have those conversations yeah with other sisters mm-hmm. yeah that would be really interesting yeah, to that's listen gonna be to. the next topic i mean the same topic but at a different that's time different. yeah that would be yeah. really interesting yeah. to hear and like see what uh-huh. they, they struggle with and stuff Right, so this is going to be compiled together into one show, and mm-hmm. inshallah, I'm going to post it, and then we'll hear your interview, and they'll hear the other sisters who, African-American sisters who were born Muslim with revert parents, yeah. Yeah, that's awesome. I'm excited to hear about that. Yeah, because we do want to know just what to do, you know, get some perspective Yeah. On, to and cry, to don't cry, be hard, don't be hard. You know, like, you don't know. Yeah, you don't know. And I guess this is, like, the struggle of the time. Something mm-hmm. about, I think this is a hadith. I'm going to paraphrase it because I don't know it. But at the end of times, we're going to be holding on to our deen, like, like holding on to fire or something like that. Mm, it's like signs that? of the last days. Yeah, like, holding on yeah. to your deen, like, mm-hmm. as if you're holding on to fire. Obviously, it's, like, really hot, uh, hot, coal, hot, coal. Mm-hmm. Cool. So I definitely right. think that this is like not to be dark and stuff, but this is like a mm-hmm. sign where mm-hmm. it's just you can be doing everything right. And sometimes you can have really not religious parents, you know, like Muslim people who mm-hmm. just, you know, older people who just never really cared. They're more cultural and they have their kids who are so religious. Like my brother has a friend who his friend has the biggest beard. Not that that means that he's so religious, but like, you know, he's so adamant about his salah like he'll stop take a break pray salah pray sunnah and his parents are not you know super religious mm-hmm. yeah so subhanallah it makes you wonder like yeah yeah like, what are the you know Allah Allah makes Muslims so as my husband always says Allah makes Muslims yeah and, yeah we say guidance so, in, the, in the hand of Allah yeah right yeah yeah but it would be, it would be oh. good to get, like, other opinions just to kind of track down, like, at least what you could do so you can be like, I tried mm-hmm. my best, you know, and kind of mm-hmm. not have any regrets of I should have or I could have, you know? Right, right, right. Yeah. That's why I want to have this topic, inshallah, yeah, with other so sisters. Good. All right, my love. Love you, so nice of course. To you. Love you more. From myself. And inshallah, we will speak soon. Yes, inshallah. Thank you, everyone. You're listening to the Muslim Sister Circle radio talk show. Assalamu alaikum. Right.